All right, and welcome back to Mistborn. Uh, just before we start, I just wanted to apologize again for the first three episodes having that uh, music in the background. It is gone now. I have made sure future episodes will not have that. Um, so yeah, we did chapters 10 through 12 this week. Uh, and yeah, I am Midnight, as always, and I'm here with Darkness. Hello. And Mythic. What's up? <laughs> So yeah, let's get into the epigraph for chapter 10, which is, It amazes me how many nations have united behind our purpose. There are still dissenters, of course, and some kingdoms, regrettably, have fallen to wars that I could not stop. Still, this general unity is glorious, even humbling, to contemplate. I wish that mankind hadn't required such a dire threat to make them see the value of peace and cooperation. So what do you think about the fact that this person seemed to think that they could have stopped wars, like all of them? Like they're basically like, he's, they seem very like full of themselves maybe? I don't know, what do you guys think about it? They have that much power. They're gods after all. Maybe they're just crazy. <laughs> no, but yeah, we're, well, I'm, I think I'm still in the, um, as I'm confirmed, right? But I think I still, um, I still think it's a, uh, What's the name? The Lord Ruler. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You've, you've been thinking that from pretty much the beginning, that this is the Lord Ruler uh, writing I mean, this. I, I stated that originally. Oh, did and now I think it's the Lord Ruler's sibling or something to that extent. <laughs> Somebody of their, like, I feel like they're talking about the Lord Ruler. Like, a lot of these are, like, from a different, from the other's perspective. So, mm -hmm. like, somebody else is, like, writing notes or a diary entry about uh, their experience with the Lord Ruler before he became the Lord Ruler, possibly. His name was Shaq, right? What if it was Shaq. the Lord? What if it was the Lord Ruler's nanny? Ooh. Well, Rashek is um a Pac-Man, apparently. He's a tall man, and he's very Pac handsome. Man? I mean, yes, he's tall and handsome and charismatic, but he he was a Pac-Man. Yeah. He like carries stuff for the person writing this. <laughs> we've we've only gotten what that name. There was another, I thought there was another one. I think that's the only name we've gotten. Yeah, so we start with Vin's point of view as she's walking through what's called the Cracks, which is a ska slum in Luthadel. It's daytime and she's huddled up with a hood over her head. She notes how black everything is compared to the whitewashed Felice and how Luthadel almost seems brighter at night. Uh, as she walks, she passes beggars and workers, and there's also some garrison out who occasionally kick at the beggars to make sure they're actually invalids. Uh, she then makes her way into a food kitchen where they provide meals for food tokens so that smaller businesses don't need to prepare meals on site. Do you have any thoughts about the brief description of the slums? Seems like every other slum. Yeah, pretty much. Same thing. It's just like every other slum. So Finn slips a wooden disc to the person at the soup kitchen, and she gets like nodded towards a wooden door at the back of the dining room. Inside is a small room where Breeze, one of Clubs' apprentices, two guards, and a ska man that Finn believes to be working for Yedin's rebellion uh, are. So Breeze tries to converse with her, but uh, she she's not very receptive. She, she doesn't really say much, and he's like, alright, you're not really a conversationalist. Um, so he asks the ska man to go get him some wine. He's like, you won't know if I'm pushing you or not. You better go get me the wine. <laughs> Guy kind of grumbles and goes off, and then uh, once he le leaves, Ven asks if he did use his elemency on the man, which Bree says it would have been a waste of brass. <laughs> so he didn't bother, obviously. Uh, Vin then says, uh, with annoyance, that Kelsier had said that he didn't have time to teach her all the medals, so he sent her to Bree's. 
and Breeze begins to explain how all social interactions include manipulation. He says that with allomancy, they may have an advantage, but allomancy doesn't tell you how a person is feeling. You need to be able to use emotional allomancy to push someone in the way you want so they'll do what you want. Too little pushing will not create a noticeable, noticeable effect, and too much will make even the most oblivious ska notice something is wrong. So what do you think of Breeze's explanation here? I mean, it makes sense. It's pretty cool that um, it's still a noticeable thing, and it's not entirely like brainwashing as other people seem to react to it as it is, you know? Mm-hmm. I think he compares it to, like, he's like, it's, it's not that much more than someone who's just extremely charismatic. It just gives us a slight yeah. edge. But you still have to understand people. I, I, yeah, but I still feel like he's under underwhelming it. Like, I feel like it's actually pretty, it's not just like somebody being charismatic, it, it's not to that same extent. I feel like he's just he's undervaluing his actual ability. Mm. Well, I think it's more of like, you gotta be charismatic to get that boost you need in order yeah. to like, work well. Yeah, because but like, if it's not, I don't feel like you can compare it to being yeah. charismatic. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're not, then you're gonna, like, the person getting affected is gonna feel confusion at some point, because mm-hmm. like, you know, they're gonna notice, like, why would I want to do anything for that specific person if they're not, like, you know, mm-hmm. cool. Like, I'm, there's, I'm pretty sure there's gonna be, like, you know, cases where they break out of it. Or that it doesn't affect them at all. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely well, cases I mean, where people that's... have said, like, hey, you're put, like, to breeze. or like, stop stop using your allomancy on me. Like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, like, they like, notice, like... and then they know that, like, they can't trust, like, what they do. Mm-hmm. So if you're not careful with it, like, people are gonna notice, and then even if they feel a certain way, they might not do what you want. Yeah. It's all about that subtle touch. You know what? Yeah, that's true, because if, if you don't try to implant, like, subtle, like, hints of what you want, um, they can take that emotion and just act upon it in a different way. Because mm-hmm. I think that's what he says, too. If you don't direct, like, your soothing in the correct way, like, it doesn't matter if they feel differently, they might still not do what you want, is what he says. Like, if you're not soothing the right emotions, they mm-hmm. might not still do the correct thing. Um, anyway, so the, the Skyman then comes back with a bottle of wine for Breeze, and Vin begins to burn copper, uh, and Ham uh, walks into the room. He comments that the Rebellion can't afford wine like that, but Breeze says Kelsio will reimburse them as he can't work on a dry throat. Ham then confirms that there is an escape hatch with Tin Eyes watching, uh, and Tin Eyes watching the area. Plus, Cubs' apprentice, uh, who we learn is named Cobble, is uh, smoking the room. They have a few more minutes before Kel's speech is to begin, so Ham begins trying to speak to Breeze, who shuts him down. Uh, but Ben wonders what he what he wants to discuss. So Ham goes into his uh, questions about whether it's good or evil to overthrow the the final empire. <laughs> he he gets a little upset because Ben's like, does it matter if it's good or evil? He's like, of course it matters. Um, it amuses Breeze that she's just like, I, I don't care. Uh, so Ham says it matters. So Vin says, well, I guess it's a good thing because he's like oppressing people. And Ham says. Uh, there's a problem, though, because the Lord Ruler is considered God, uh, which Finn, again, doesn't care if he's considered God or not. Uh, and when Hamseat's upset again, she agrees that this is what the Ministry says, and Breeze cuts in and says the Lord Ruler claims to only be a piece of God, a sliver of infinity. So what do you think about the Lord Ruler only being a piece of God? Do you think this is true? And if so, what is the real God? What is the real God? Because if he's only a piece of God, like, what, what is God then here? Uh, God is a figment of everybody's imagination. How can someone be a sliver of God, then, if God doesn't exist here? 
because you can be a sliver of a non-existent thing because everybody is a sliver of a non-existent thing. They believe themselves to be something that they might not actually be. What do you think, Darkness? Um, I I think it mainly has to do with the like back events sort of thing. Mm, uh, in the past. Before, before the... Um, the Ascension. There you go. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it, it ha- it's connected to that, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be connected to snapping, too. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Good night. What if... Okay, so... <sighs> What happens when an Alamancer dies? What do you mean? Do they just, just all of their powers just go away? Like if they've ingested like you know metal or whatever, does it go away or is it like create a pro- like a thing? Like does it go into the next person? Maybe. What do you mean go into the next person? Or, like okay, Ugh, I don't know. I'm like I'm. If you're asking, if it's like the breath thing. It's not like breath. Yes. They, it's not like breath. Okay. So okay, because matter cannot be destroyed. So. Yeah, I, I, it would just be in your stomach like food or something if you had metals in you when you die. Okay, I, I've been trying to think of how he got his powers other than the one idea I have. Yeah, so you, you guys don't know too much about much about how you gain powers so much so far. It's All all you guys really know so far is that it's genetic, um, and that it's only genetic through no, nobility. So the only Ska who have these powers are half-breeds. Nobles and half-breeds are the only ones with Allomancy, because it's a genetic thing. And it also, snapping obviously has something to do with it, because Kelsier thought he did not have Allomancy, then something happened to the pits and he says he snapped, and then he now has Allomancy. Which he was a half-breed, so he would have it in his genetics, because his brother's a misting, and he knows that his father was noble, I believe. So maybe that means that mistings could all become mistborns if they snap. I think the key to knowing what him being the that part of the god or whatever. The sliver of infinity. Is, uh, yeah. It's um the talisman. What's his name? From the epigraphs, the Roshek? No, the one no. now. Sazed? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's gonna spit out some religious shit about something, and it's gonna be like hinting towards all that. And I'm just well, gonna be yeah. Like... Well, we do learn briefly in chapter twelve that Sazed does know a lot about. It sounds like the the uh, religion behind the Lord Ruler, just like he knows about all the old religions as well, because he apparently teaches Vin a little bit about that. What if he's the one writing the epigraphs? I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. What if he's the one reading them? That would be pretty cool, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so Ham then goes on to state that if the Lord Ruler is a piece of God, does that not mean he decides what is good and evil? And then states that he he's giving her a headache, and Ham says no one will have an intelligent conversation with him. Cobble then says Kelsier is here, and Ham tells Vin to think on the question as he leaves the room. So, uh, do you think that because the Lord Ruler is part of God, that they are doing evil by opposing him? There are evil gods. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think godhood sets good and evil. Like just because you're a god doesn't mean you define what's good or evil. Mm. Yeah, I... Well, I mean, most of it is just perspective-based. So. Well, of course, of course. I mean, the... What, what's the, the, the... The quote is, history is written by the, the victors? Yeah. So, I mean... Maybe it's that, a little bit of, like, a Susan Ron situation. I don't know. I don't know. I... Well, I, that would be really interesting that the Lord Ruler is basically just, like, this person that everybody's put up on a pedestal, but nobody... Has no, but he has no real power, I guess, per se, would be pretty it's, cool. I feel like Kelsier has kind of made this this uh, pretty abundantly clear that, one, he knows, he's seen the Lord Ruler and talked to him at some point or something, 
you know, has had an interaction with him and he still hates him. So I feel like it's not like, oh, yeah, he's, you know, this childlike person that is being controlled. Well, again, he I think it's noted again, yep. chapter 12, I think it is again, that Kelsier says both him and other like undercover like ska people he knows have pretended to be noblemen and they've ended up in like the same room as the Lord Ruler and technically met with him. Like, it brings up the whole, like, does he have mind-reading abilities <laughs> thing? And Kelsey's like, oh, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> I, was, I was leaning more on the fact, le- less on the fact that he's, like, he has child mentality. and More, more the, like, like, being reborn thing, like a different person every time? No, mm-hmm. more like that he's being misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. Or manipulated? You're saying, like, he's being manipulated? Or Not manipulated. I, well, kind technically, because my thought process is, like, what if... um. Kelsey's not even good, and he's, like, doing all this shit just to manipulate people against mm, Do you think Kelsier might be the true evil? I think it's a possibility, like, a big one, because, like, we have no... Re- like, all we have to go on is based on, like, what we know about, like, in the surrounding people and, like, Kelsier. Like, we have no guess as to, like, the true nature of the Lord Ruler or whatever, so... He, after all, he could be good, and Kelsey could just be manipulating everyone. Maybe something went wrong during, like, whatever the snap is or some shit. He's like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna overthrow everything. Mm. And he's actually evil or some shit, but, you know? Uh, so, we then get to... <laughs> no, I, 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 like, I like your theories. It's just, no, it's just, like, I'm thinking, like, imagine this is what's happening, and the mm-hmm. Lord Ruler's just like, why the fuck is everyone against me all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Breeze and Vin then move to sit near the peepholes into the dining room, and Vin watches Kelsier walk into the room in a ska outfit, uh, although it's cleaner than the rest of the ska in the dining room. As Kelsier begins to speak to the room, Breeze begins explaining how soothing and writing can be used to create the same effects, except in, in extremes since people usually are experiencing most multiple emotions at once. So he says, like, unlike with metals, where you, like, like with steel and iron, where you, like, you can really only, like, push an object one way or pull an object one way, with, like, emotions you can... Like, basically, rioters and soothers can basically do the exact same thing, just in the opposite way. So, like, it's basically, like, uh, so a, a good way to explain it is, like, if you want someone to be angry, you can either riot their anger, or you can soothe any all their emotions except for anger. So, yeah, uh, except for an extreme. He says except for, like, in, like, completely suppressing all emotions or, like, giving someone which, like, extreme passion. Which, by the way... Kind of like in my mind, I was like, "That's the Inquisitor ship." Right? Like, mm. I feel, I I feel like they're not human to the like emotional level, and possibly even more. Like, I feel like they wouldn't. I feel like they would like have emotions like shut off because mm. they would be inefficient if they had emotions and they were just well, the Inquisitors. So you think they like either have no emotions or like very like dampened emotions? Yeah, I feel like they're just like soldiers, like mindless soldiers. Not they mindless, the like, they, they have, <laughs> yeah, they, but, like, they have intelligence, intelligence mm-hmm. and all that, but, like, they, they're just emotionless, most likely because of the use of, um, soothers and rioters, I guess you could say. hmm Yeah, so this is, yeah, where, where the, they actually start using the term rioting, because I remember the, like, that one part in the book, for some reason, my book said raging instead of rioting. Hey, did you hear what we were talking about? Yeah, I was watching on, the, on my phone, um, and... To that standard of what you're talking about, Steel Inquisitor's Darkness, I don't believe that's true. That there are just some mind, like dampened person people. They were having conversations, and they seem to have some sort of emotions. At least to me, like they don't seem as if like they're just mindless, but they seem to be like they're 
devoted, I guess, is the way that's the best way for me to explain it. I, I mean, feel like you can you can still have proper conversations without emotional but, investment. True, but I don't know. It just seemed like they were. I mean, they weren't emotional, like you know. But it it didn't seem like they were uh, as mindless, you know. It's because I didn't mean mindless as in like oh lifeless and shit like that. I mm-hmm. meant mindless as in like emotionally like unavailable people. We just <laughs> like know? no empathy, empathy type thing. Yeah. more so. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be great for a soldier. <laughs> exactly. Why else would they have like a soldier that can be manipulated easily? You know. Uh. So Breeze then tells a man named Brud to send out a blue server and explains to Vin that his people are mixed in with the crowd and know what emotions to. Th- soothe or riot based on the color the servers wear. So the soothers will dampen emotions not needed and rioters will inflame the emotions that they do want based on the color. And I think he explains at one point that blue is a uh, curiosity. And so Kelsier then begins his speech and Breeze sends out a server in light red uh, and Vin tries to feel the soothing but then remembers that Clubs' apprentice is there using copper. Vin notes that Kelsier is less flamboyant than usual as he speaks one scar near the back eventually says Kelsier is a fool for wanting to try to defy God in his own city. Kelsier replies that the ro- Lord Ruler can't kill him, showing his scarred arms before leaving the room. Bree says it was a bit dramatic, uh, and brings back the girl in red and sends out a girl in brown. Yedin then gets up to speak, and Bree sends out a girl in green. Bree also works on Yedin's emotions in hopes of deflecting from his stupid voice, is how he puts it. <laughs> Uh, Finn turns off her copper again and focuses hard to eventually feel the slightest hint of Breeze's soothing. She notes how Kelsier's soothing is like a punch in the face, which, damn, Kelsier, you need to work on that. <laughs> um, and, uh, but Breeze is incredibly delicate. The riders in the room are also delicate, but slightly less so than Breeze. Finn gains some respect for Breeze and is fi- finally happy that Kelsier had her come to learn from him, as Kelsier can be a- can- can't be a pro at every metal. She decides she wants to convince Kelsier to let her meet with the other men to learn from them, too. And then, as Yedin finishes his speech, Bree sends out a server in bright red to leave them feeling passionate about the speech. He notes to Vin that although the emotions will fade as they get farther from him, emotions are strongly tied to memory, so they'll remember how they felt in the moment. Uh, so how did you feel about Bree's whole kind of display there with the crowd? I thought it was cool. Bree's like... is sexy as fuck. <laughs> picture of Bree's? We've sent a picture oh, of Bree's previously. Party. Yeah, Bree's are... Yes, Breeze one hundred percent in here. It's probably far. I felt, up. I I felt like I felt like it did, but I don't think I cared enough. <laughs> Pretty sure, like How the very first time we saw him. Ah, uh, yeah. That's why I didn't care about Breeze. Oh my god. Yeah. Also, do you agree that it's gonna be go- it'd be good from for Vin to learn from each of the different mistings in the group? Yeah, for sure. Better than you know <laughs> taking it in. Yeah, because as she says, like, like yeah, as she says, like, like they're all kind of more specialized, so they understand the one power really well. Whereas Mistborns are more like jacks of all trades. Yeah, so. jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it right there. <laughs> Why Breeze is so good with the, his allomancy? <laughs> yeah, Bree- Breeze is really good. I really like Breeze and like how like I don't know, he's a good character. I like him. Uh, so Ham then comes back into the room, and Breeze notes that not enough men are joining after each meeting, and they won't meet their goal of 10,000 in time. Ham then says Kelsier is holding a progress meeting tonight. So we switch to Kelsier's point of view as he stands on top of Clubs' shop and looks out at the closest ash mount. 
He then glances towards the north where the pits of Hathen are and notes that he wonders where all the ATM goes as it basically disappears once it gets to the city and they hope it ends up in the treasury. Apparently Mistborn are basically unstoppable with ATM uh, and only about a tenth of it ends up in the hands of nobles. That means for a thousand years, 90% of the ATM mind has been stored somewhere. So what do you think it means that apparently like Mistborn are almost unstoppable with ATM? Also, why do you think that like he's like ninety percent of it is like unaccounted for. The Lord Ruler is eating it all. He's eating it. He needs to he needs to keep himself extremely powerful. The best way to do that is to continuously eat it over and over and over and over again. And I feel like take that away and he might I don't know die. Would be a great way to kill him. What do you think, Darkness? Hoping for a healing medal. <laughs> Maybe it's like like that. I don't know. I don't think he would give it away like that. I keep thinking, like, what if it's, like, that uh, thing that keeps him, like, alive for that long? Mm. So you, you think on the same regards as, like, Mythic, where, like, that's why he's been alive for a thousand years? Maybe. I. I it's just, I, if that's how it works, I don't think he would just give it out. Like, even if it's just a 10% or whatever. Maybe it's more along the lines of, like, it gives you multiple of the abilities. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like it just enhances your ability, but... Uh, something tells me that like he continues to use it. Like, uh, why why hoard it if you're not using? Like, if he's even if it's just you, like say you use one bead a day or something like that, and you have like thousands of them, you, mm. you could you know just keep doing that, just keep eating it once a day, and then you know you're right. always powerful. And because he only hands it off like you know very rarely to these other people, they can't they don't see the whole benefit of it extending your life because they're only getting so much. So that it's not really extending their life, but since he's been taking it for thousands of years or whatever, he he knows it does, you know. But I, deal, I, I definitely think it enhances your allomancy or something to that extent, makes you like super powerful. That's why Mistborns are insane with it. Mm-hmm. Were you gonna say something else, Darkness? If he's really consuming all, how the fuck is he eating that shit? Like all of it? Like he's gonna spend one most of his day. life eating? Yeah. Oh, one bead a day. I mean, that's not that. One piece really? a day. Yeah, like, what if one piece is enough to make you powerful for 24 hours? You know what I'm saying? So you only need to eat it and once per day. Then, then be like the taking plan, a pill every day. Then the plan to fuck up the, the dig site is not going to do much. No, not at all. But, I mean, they don't know that. Yeah, if that's, Kelsey or Notes here, they're just hoping the ATM's in the treasure. Yeah. They have no idea if it's actually there or yeah, not. Yeah, they have no idea where it's at. They just know that 90% of it isn't distributed to the nobles. Also, wasn't there, like, some creatures that they could call upon or some shit, like an army they had or something? Oh, the Koloss that they've vaguely mentioned and haven't really described? I Wait, think they, so. they mentioned what? How, how do they mention? Uh, the, the, there's briefly mentioned back in previous uh, chapters during meetings that the Lord Ruler has Koloss. You, you, you said vaguely. Vaguely, sorry. I heard vaguely. Anyway, yeah, those. Um, yeah, we don't know anything about them right now. Yet. Maybe we'll what if he's just eating those? What, the Colas? Yeah. Okay. Cannibalize. <laughs> I. What? Cannibalizing. No, I meant like metals. You know? They get the Colas are eating the metal, you mean? Do we know if it's just humans that can use, you know, elementy and not the creatures that live there and stuff? Cause, I like, mean, we don't know about. We, we don't know anything about Colas. As far yeah, we as don't we know, know like, creatures. As far as we know, like, animals can't, but. It's what like, about a mystery? I mean, do, yeah. Do do we know that animals can? I mean, it's all genetic through nobles, so I don't think the nobles are having animal children. 
Okay, but where? Oh, that would be cool. Where did the nobles get it from? Uh, the the mist claimed that the Lord Ruler granted them the powers back during the Ascension. I mean, no no one besides the Lord Ruler has been alive since uh from the days of the Ascension. So yeah. there's only the rumors of how people were given it. I have theories, but I I can't. I don't want to say them without. I have, I have a really I have a really big theory that doesn't come until the end of what we've read. So. Okay. We'll keep going. Uh, so Kelsier glances down. He's holding the 11th medal, which is a bar of whitish metal. Uh, and then glances at Shaw, which means the Hill of a Thousand Spires in Terrace. Uh, he describes that the building looks like a thousand black spears stuck into the ground, varying in height and thickness. Kelsier thinks that he needs to go back to it. Sayus then comes up onto the roof, and Kelsier notes that he was a valuable find. Apparently the Lord Ruler has been hunting keepers since the day of the Ascension, and his subjugation of the Terrace people, including the breeding and stewardship programs, is because of his hatred of the keeper. keepers. Uh, so what do you think about the fact that the Terrace people are apparently going through breeding programs? Stuff. Who's going through breeding programs? Real so quick? apparently, uh, Kelsier mentions here that... Uh, the Lord Ruler has been subjugating the terrorist people, including breeding and stewardship programs. But who are they breeding? Is what I'm saying. The, like, the are they trying people. to re-breed? Yeah, so they're trying to make more of them. Uh, it sounds like they're they're. I don't think it's really much of a spoiler. They're they're basically controlling the breeding of the terrorist people because the Lord Ruler is annihilating these keepers. Because knowledge is power, and these people seem to have a lot of power. Terrace people are like the terracemen, right? The ones that are tall. Yeah. And yeah. La 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 la. Yeah, sazed. Okay. Tall and rugged. I'm just putting <laughs> I'm putting things together from the epigraph for my yeah me too. my my big my big thing that I'm about to say when we get to the end. Yes, the ter- the terrace people have been around from before the ascension. Mm-hmm. And they know more than he wants them to know. And I believe it's implied that the Scon nobles are basically like people from. Like the countries surrounding that area as well. So Kelsier then thanks Says for coming to Luthadel and is surprised when Says says that the Lord Ruler for some reason fears the Keepers. He also mentions that Keepers have powers that are not Allomancy, but something else. So what sort of powers do you think the Keepers have? Okay, so is he 100% sure it's not Allomancy? He says it is not Allomancy. But, but like if, maybe it's just not what he's used. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. I feel like they're it's very close, kind of like the dancing thing in the last book. Mm, so you think uh, it's like where... a it draws from the same type of power, but it's a slightly yeah. different method of yeah. using it. I feel, or in this sense, probably it might be a different like um, metal or something that nobody mm. knew about. I guess because nobody's tried it, that gives them like extreme knowledge, kind of. <laughs> Let me, let me go back to it. I have a, a whole document of what metals I, it might it could be. Um, I know you've got you've got your list of like fifty metals. <laughs> exactly. Um, While you look at your list, let's go. Let's quickly go to yeah, darkness. Uh, go what what powers do you think the keepers have? Darkness that is not allomancy. Maybe it's like um, a way to pass on knowledge to people. Because mm. I I. Hmm. Why do you think the Lord Ruler would fear that? Apparently he fears well, the keepers. I mean, if they have knowledge of like way before like him, mm. right? They're gonna right. know the process he went through, which means they're also gonna probably find find out or know how to you know like, undo it and stuff. Or maybe he's just like maybe they they know a secret that he was meant to you know keep and <laughs> he doesn't want it out because you know the okay. people 
Okay. I was gonna I was gonna wait, but I'm gonna I can actually I guess put it in here right here with this. Okay. Uh so my theory theory, okay, is the person talking in the epigraphs is talking about Rashek. Uh okay. I unfortunately, uh because I just listen to the chapters and then and let it go until it ends itself, uh, which means that I get the next epigraph always. Um, and when the next epigraph came up, it gave me a super theory that Rashek is possibly, and I, and the two ideas I have is either that Rashek is going to be this guy who is kind of like leading, uh, Vin down her path, or it is the Lord Ruler himself. Mm. Um, and it also brought me into the reason why I thought that maybe you could not siphon, but like kill somebody and gain the ability to use the powers. Um, but if that is true, if I'm right and Rashek is actually the Lord Ruler, he is killing people because he was a Terrace and he knows that Terrace are super powerful in mm. their knowledge and all of that. And if people have, like, uh, on my on my list I have gold as the past, the site from, to see this to the past. Mm -hmm. um, so, but, so like, if gold was the reason... Um, and he could, they could see, and the reason they know all this knowledge is because they can see into the past to see all of that. They would then know the Lord Ruler's true identity and that, you know, possibly kind of like going on darkness, this thing, how he became the Lord Ruler and the darkness that comes in from, you know, the dark that came from that, uh, that past of that. And he knows that because he was also a terrorist, if I'm right, if he's, <laughs> uh, he was a terrorist, he knows that they have that ability to do that, to to like see into the past and know a lot more than they should know, in my opinion. Like mm. their knowledge is insane. Um and so he wants to basically rid the world of them so he is the only one with that ability. I see. But like I said, the only reason I was gonna say we're gonna wait I was gonna wait till the end was because like I said, I get that one little epigraph that Yeah, because Darkness unfortunately doesn't get get that because he's actually reading. Yeah. I know. Because, <laughs> yeah, but, unfortunately, the audiobook doesn't make a yeah, good distinction. So, <laughs> it doesn't. It really doesn't. Episodes. And I wish I wish I knew where in the time stamp I could, like, stop it and be like, okay, this is it. Yeah. But I, the I wish they would say, like, in the audiobook, like, end of chapter, then do the epigraph yeah. and say chapter, whatever. <laughs> well, apparently, I looked it up, but apparently the epigraph is, uh, it's technically, like, I guess it's a before, like, it's, before it says chapter whatever. Yeah, it, it does. I think we explained that before. to you. So it, yeah, so it, yeah. The thing so is, though, it, it's uh, it even though it's before where it says the chapter name, it's still <laughs> technically the start of the chapter based on how the yeah. very first chapter is and how the very last chapter is. Like it's definitely the the start of the chapter and how the page breaks yeah. work. But the way the person that's reading it. Is yeah, like, that's unfortunate. Because you know, <laughs> they say because he says chapter whatever. You know, I know. Before he goes to the next thing. So I assume he's just reading it word for word through it, and then that's where they broke it off. Yeah. But like I said, I got very, I get very lucky on that part because yeah, the chapter I, I listened 13. to it three, I listened to it three times after <laughs> hearing it. I was like, "Are you serious?" Like, oh, because I started going back on all of the epigraphs to figure them all out. I started writing them all down now so that I could like go through and reread them without having to reread the or listen re-listen to the whole thing. <laughs>
Yeah, I love but... I love uh the epigraphs in both uh Mistborn and in they have epigraphs in Stormlight too, because like they just give all these little like lore hints and like uh, foreshadowing stuff and like mm -hmm. there's all sorts of good stuff in them and like there there's some where it's like yeah you you it there's so many theories about who could be writing them because it doesn't tell you and like the ep epigraphs are great in my opinion they're yeah they're so good for but... theory building. <laughs> it really is. But. Yeah, like I said, I got I got a little extra on that. So, but yeah. I it's very I, I have a very strong feeling that it's got to be somebody that is now in this life, and I've narrowed it down to those two people um, mainly because we don't know anything about this other guy, the one that's uh, leading Vin and teaching her how to be a noble. Um, very little. Yeah, we have very little information on him, um, and. Obviously, we have very little information on the Lord Ruler, mm -hmm. so it makes me wonder, like things like that. Because, yeah. yeah. But yeah, All that's right. my theory. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> back to the chapter. Uh, we then go into Kelsier asking for a religion about power, and so Says talks about Jaism. Uh, so in Jazm, the followers were particularly devout, and he explains that the religion was founded by a single man whose name was lost to time, but people called him the Jah, who was murdered by a king for preaching discord. The Jahs thought that they earned happiness from devotion and were known for frequent and ferv fervent professions of faith. They also ended every sentence with praise the Jah, which uh, made them very <laughs> easy to find once the Lord Ruler ascended. To uh, kill them off, because they'd be like, "Oh, oh yeah, I'm not a Jaws. Praise the Jaw. Oh, oh, uh, uh, yep, yeah, we're just working on my farming. Praise the Jaw. <laughs> yeah. Killed instantly. Uh, so apparently, the ministry had to uh, had to kill every last one of them in order to wipe out the religion, because none of them would accept the Lord Ruler as God. They were very, very devout. So, uh, yeah, what do, what do you think about Jawism? Sounds like sounds like uh, Judaism, and there's a Nazi invasion. Oh gosh! You blanked. Yeah. Um, you blanked. Praise the jaw. Yeah. Praise the jaw. Praise the jaw. There's no jaw. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, we all know you don't have a jaw. Praise <laughs> the jaw. Praise the jaw. No, this can't be a thing. Oh, well, it's gonna be a thing now. Praise the jaw. No. Say, so you had no thoughts on Jaws on Praise the Jaw? Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> what about you, Mythic? How do you feel about Jaws on Praise the Jaw? I think Jawism is uh, very good. Great. Praise the Jaw. Praise the Jaw. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is going to go crazy. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I thought it was. Somebody's going to go crazy. I thought it was funny, Loki. Praise the Jaw. <laughs> nah, when I first read it, I was like. Why wouldn't they? I mean, like, it makes sense because they're super loyal and stuff, right? You're or killing maybe. your own religion. <laughs> they gotta praise the jaw, though. Like, you can't just not say praise the jaw. God. Sacrilegious. How dare. Uh, so, yeah, so Sazen says that he doesn't ask Kelsier to convert because he doesn't feel this religion suits him. Kelsier says Sazen is getting to know him too well. Apparently, the religions lasted much longer than the kingdoms, and some religions even lasted into the 5th century. Kelsier states that what people have lost now is passion, and they don't have faith in the Lord Ruler, they just fear him. 
Kelsier then admits he doesn't know what he believes in and jokingly asks if there is a religion that worships uh, slaughtering noblemen, which uh, Say says no, and he then jokes that he should he should uh, found a religion that supports slaughtering Slaughter. noblemen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Kelsier says he'll be down in a minute. So what are your thoughts on Sazed and Kelsier's uh, kind of relationship here? I was like, I was like, he's gonna fucking do it, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> he's gonna make a he's religion. Gonna do it. He's gonna yeah. found a religion. Yeah, I agree. Praise the job. Praise the job. Oh my god! Uh, at first, I was like, oh, no, he does no religion that does that. <laughs> you know? What were your thoughts, they Mythic? Seem... Oh, sorry. They seem to like get along really well. So I'm just wondering how long they've known each other. A I while. We really know how long they've known each other for. They've known each other for a long time. <laughs> They were womb buddies. They were what? Kawoomba buddies. Karumba? What? Uh, Karumba. <laughs> I'm so confused, praise the job. <laughs> oh my god. Mythic, your thoughts? On what? Praise Kel- the job? On Staged and Kelsier. Their friendship. Oh, I mean, I like I said, I feel like they, I mean, kind of like Darkness said, they're They've known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's hard to get past the the new theory that I have now. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Praise, praise the job. Praise the job. And, and, the, and the theory that I have that a uh, certain someone is actually Hoyd. Oh? oh? What's that theory? You don't remember that? You don't remember that from the last time? When it, I said that I think that Kelsier? Uh, yeah, I think Kelsier is Hoyd. I don't right. think so. disguise. I mean, no. But I feel like he knows way too much about things that he really shouldn't know about. And if anything, if anything I would think that uh, what's his name says this Hoyd. With, with the amount of like stuff he just knows and seems to want to spit out at people, like, like that's what I was uh, saying earlier. Like, what if like they're like they're just reading the what is the epic ep- epigraphs whatever. What if the person is like, like, what if it's actually someone reading it and is we're just in taking it as us reading it, but mm. in the end it's like, oh, they closed the book and this. <laughs> and <laughs> it's actually like, uh, what's his name? Sazed. Yeah, and Hoyd. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually Hoyd. Hoyd's reading yeah, the book. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's like, that was my thought process there. <laughs> hmm. Like how he ended the fucking thing where he was looking through the pool last one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It's just gonna be Hoyd closing the book, <laughs> and then the the what is it? The endless or whatever is gonna be like right there with him. They're, they're gonna be like buddies and shit. And then they'll praise the jaw. Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, so we then go back to Vin's point of view as she studies Marsh from the corner of her eye. It looks a lot like Kelsier, but more stern. Uh, she then glances over at Lesterborn and waves him over and asks if Marsh is a nickname. Which he replies, "Notting without the call of his parents," which apparently just means no. It's it's it it means it's, it's not a nickname. <laughs> um, he then replies, "He wasing one though, meaning he did have one, which is apparently Iron Eyes." But people stopped no. using it because he seemed too close to be referencing a Steel Inquisitor. So we're, we sit here and talk about the whole praise the Jaw thing, right? And mm-hmm. like how they have to say that. What if kind of like that? This dude can only speak like this, and there is no way he could change his his speaking. Like, it would be like praise the job, but on a completely different level. <laughs> oh, we got him! We got him! He wasn't right, one boys, though. Praise the job. <laughs> no, I'm not saying he was one of them. But no, I'm I saying, know. Like, oh yeah. 
I was just combining them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, did you did you have any new little thoughts on Lestaborns or Marsh? Are you excited to hear uh, him constantly speaking like this? Constantly, yeah. <laughs> He's gonna become the main character of book two. Don't worry about it. Uh, I hope oh, God. the whole book will be written like that. Why would you say that? <laughs> Praise the jaw. Praise the jaw. <laughs> Praise my jaw. Uh, so Kelsier then arrives, and Ham mentions that twelve week uh, that in twelve weeks they've only gotten two hundred men. Kelsier asks if Doxin can have more meetings, but Yen states that it might draw too much attention. But Kelsier decides they should work on some of the nearby towns and ask Breeze to split his team in two, which Breeze is kind of like hesitant about. He's like, I, I guess I can make it work. Um, they also bring up infiltrating the Ministry, but Marsh says he needs more time. Vin then speaks up and mentions Theron, whom Cameron had been working with previously, uh, had contact with a lesser obligator who was open to bribes, and that they could maybe sneak Marsh in as an acolyte from the obligator's chapter. Breeze brings up that there is word of the 11th medal out, and Kelsier is happy about that. Vin notes uh, that the way Breeze speaks make it clear that he doesn't seem to believe that Kelsier can kill the Lord Ruler, uh, but Kelsier insists he's, he has it handled and says he even plans to pay the Lord Ruler a visit in a few days. Uh, so do you think they'll be able to pull off everything they need to for this plan? No. Yeah, no. Everything. A lot of things are going to go wrong. Also, I was thinking, what if like that religion was a bunch of dentists? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, the, the guy who founded the religion was actually a dentist. And everyone just mistook <laughs> what he was saying. <laughs> he was saying, raise the jaw. <laughs> <laughs> Open the jaw. And they're like, no, praise the jaw. But yeah, I don't think the plan's going to work out in any way. It's going to be funny. I feel like uh, this is a out-left-field theory that Kelsier is going to die. I think Kelsier is going to become the new evil. Also, I want to see what's in the What if? What if both are correct? What if he dies and then is reborn as the new evil? Also, what did you say you you wanted to see inside of what darkness? The pits? Oh, inside the pits. Yeah. I think it'd be a cool little... Uh, field trip. <laughs> nice little PTSD field trip for Kelsier. Yeah. I want to see him dumped into the pit again. Oh, God. I just... I feel like, I feel like the Lord Ruler wouldn't let that happen a second time. You're like, no, 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 you're just going to get beheaded. We're, we're not risking this a second time. Mm-hmm. Mm, I would still dump him there again. Damn. Just for the PTSD fun. Uh, so, then... <gasps> hmm? oh Sorry, I just thought of something evil. Oh, gosh. <laughs> evil? I, 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 I was thinking, like, what if they dump him again and then just get um, wife lookalikes and dump oh, them too? Oh, no. <laughs> Poor Kelsier. Uh, so, anyways, then a man comes into the room and whispers to Ham, and Ham tells the group that Cammon's lair has been found by the Ministry. That's where we end chapter 10. Uh, and then we go into chapter 11, and we'll start off with the epigraph, which is, It seems Rashek represents a growing faction in terrorist culture. A large number of the youths think that their unusual powers should be used for more than fieldwork, husbandry, and stone carving. They are rowdy, even violent, far different than the quiet, discerning terrorist philosophers and holy men I have known. They will have to be watched carefully, these terrorist men. They could be very dangerous if given the opportunity and the motivation. So, what does that make you think about Rashak and the powers of the terrorist men? Uh, 
already said my theory. Yeah. All of this just solidifies it. What do you think about the fact is... that apparently their their powers can be used for fieldwork, husbandry, and stone carving? about the stone carving part that kind of throws me off but it makes a lot more sense what do you think darkness i mean technically the knowledge thing still still works so you think it's more like knowledge of these things and that's how they use it for those i think it's more of like knowledge can be shared or passed on because mm. like i mean if if you like if you try something and you fuck up and then you try it again, and you're slightly better, and you teach that, like, you pass it on to someone else, they're going to be at that level and stuff. So. Uh, so we then have Vin's point of view as they stand in front of Cameron's lair. Kelsey and the others are blocking Vin's view of inside, and Kelsey tries to say that she may not want to look, but she just stares at him, and he eventually lets her by. The floor is littered with corpses, and the smell of death hangs in the air. She notes that she has seen a lot of death over the years, but none had the same amount of intentional butchery. Limbs were separated from torsos, and broken bits of chairs and tables are speared through the chests of several corpses. And there's blood everywhere. Vin I forgot finds... all about this, to be honest. Did you? <laughs> yep. I was yeah, like, like, what is... Everyone's but, yeah. brutally murdered. All of her yeah. previous thieving crew. Um, so Vin finds that she just feels numb. These people had mistreated her, but they'd also hadn't sent her to the whoremasters, and they'd fed and sheltered her. She notes that Reen would, Reen would have been disappointed in her for feeling sadness, but she had always cried whenever they left a town uh, and the people she had known, even if they hadn't treated her well. Doxon notes that the carnage had been done by an Inquisitor. So what do you th think about how these men were murdered? Interesting. Well, she comes up with a solid theory. So mm -hmm. uh, so Vin then notes that Kelsier had brought Sage without hesitation, even though men like Breeze, Yedin, and Clubs had not been brought. She wonders if he is a warrior, but doesn't know how he would have learned as, as terrorists are carefully brought up. Kelsier then notes that this isn't good, as an Inquisitor would only get involved if they had a particular interest. Then then notes it's because of her, but Kelsier insists it's because of Kamen, not her. He then asks if she is alright, but she says none were her friends, and Kelsier mentions that response is a bit cold-hearted. Do you agree that Vin's being cold-hearted here? Yes. No. <laughs> oh. 100% really? cold-hearted, yeah. Really? Yes, you become cold-hearted when you get treated like shit. I, I thought it was an appropriate response. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I didn't say it wasn't an appropriate response. It's still cold-hearted. Mm. So you think dead. it was deserved, but also it's a bit like, yeah. fucked up. Yeah, these people are dead, though. Like, of course it's cold-hearted. They're not just dead. They're brutally murdered uh -huh. and dismembered. <laughs> Uh, so Vin wonders how a single person could have done this much carnage, and wonders if the Inquisitor had help, but then remembers Kelsier mentioning that they don't know much about what Inquisitors can do. Uh, Ham then comes into the room and mentions that no one seems to be watching the place, and Kelsier says they left it to be discovered. Uh, yep. Vin then... On purpose. Yeah. On they... purpose. Yep. yep. They wanted it to be discovered. Uh, so Vin then goes over to Sazed as she sees him mumbling to himself. He says he's speaking a Kazi death chant to entice their souls free of their flesh so they can return to the Mountain of Souls. He asks Vin if she wants to know more about them, but she says not now and asks if he believes in that religion. Sazed replies he believes in the truth behind all of the religions, even if they contradict each other, as every religion needs to be remembered. He also states he chose that prayer as it seemed appropriate. Uh, so do you have any thoughts about the fact that says he believes in all the religions that um that mentality right there made me really like him oh yeah but then i stopped liking him a little bit after you know, <laughs> who says 
yeah, it was just ups and downs with him. I like Saez. Saez is probably one of my favorite characters, right? Yeah, I liked Saez a lot, too. Saez, Marsh, Breeze. I know you secretly like Marsh Darkness. I will give you that idea. Because I feel like every time he's brought up, you get really uncomfortable because you don't want him to die. Because <laughs> you think all your favorite characters are going to die. What do you mean? <laughs> I think you're seeing things. I think you're hearing mm-hmm. things. You're... Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, did Mythic respond to this question about the re- believing all the religions? About him believing all the religions? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. But, uh, I mean, kind of makes sense when he knows a lot more information. But... I mean, it, it kind of hits the same idea, at least in my opinion. The way he explains it sounds a lot like how I, how I view religion and how uh, religion in general IRL is. Uh, that I feel like it's basically like if you to give you like a picture idea, a giant tablet was written and it had the truth of, you know, all like basically the one true religion. And then somehow it got shattered. All these little pieces then got picked up by all these different people. And they took what they thought and they just filled in the blank that wasn't there anymore. And it created a you know, a bigger what we now know as all these different religions. And then mm-hmm. so everything has a small piece that is correct in some way, shape, or form, but is not the whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. That's how I how I view religion IRL. So I feel like that's kind of the way it seems like he's viewing it. Yeah, I think he views it that way, and also he kind of views it as like almost like a religious story, and like he views it as like I respect all of these religions as like the beliefs of their people and how like it was the truth to them. Like he's like very mm-hmm. <clears throat> like they're important. Every single one of them is important, so I will respect each and every one of them. Um, but yeah, so Doxon then calls out to Kelsier, and they go into the sleeping quarters to see Malev, who had been left in charge tied up to a chair, and obviously tortured. Am asked that they should move obviously. their base. Hmm? Obviously tortured. Yeah, it was. it's very obvious he's been tortured, apparently. Uh, so Ham asked that they should move their base, but Kelsier shakes his head and says that they shouldn't know of their base, but it's unspoken that they shouldn't have known about this one either. Kelsier then pulls Doxon to the side and speaks to him quietly. Finn tries to inch closer, but says stops her. So Vin burns tin. Doxon mentions visiting a person, and then Kelsier speaks loudly, calling out to Ham and causing Vin to jump. Saist looks at her disapprovingly, and Vin realizes he knows enough about Allomancy to know what she had been doing. Uh, so what do you think about Vin constantly trying to listen to all these private conversations? I mean, she should just turn on her uh, Allomancy and she'd hear most of it. <laughs> what do you think about uh, Sage is very disapproving of this. He was like, really? At that point, I didn't give a fuck what he thought. Honestly, I would have done the same. <laughs> uh, so we then switch to Kelsier's point of view as he walks through the streets, wishing he had taken the carriage or could use his allomancy to move faster. As he moves through a square, he notes a large fountain depicting the Lord Ruler standing over a formless shape of the deepness dead at his feet. Um, Kelsier then tosses a couple coins to some beggars, noting the Toss Lord... Toss a coin to your witcher. <laughs> knowing that the Lord Ruler only allows the Ska with severe disfigurements to beg. As he passes more beggars, including malnourished children, he reaches for his coin purse but stops himself as he knows he can't help all these people with just coins. Kelsier then looks around for Kamen, knowing that Doxon had made sure he had been made a beggar, as told to Malev. He then notes an area where Ska aren't begging and heads that way. He goes into a dark alleyway and sees Kamen hanging from a rope from high above with the rope attached to a metal hook that had been shoved down his throat and his body showing signs of torture. Um, that is such such an insane visual. 
Yeah. Because, like, the metal hook is, like, sticking out from, like, just under his chin, it sounds like, and his, like, head's, like, bent backwards because of it. Lovely picture, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So he then hears a noise, and Steel pushes coins out, causing Vin to cry out and push back on them to deflect them. He quickly pulls Vin into the alley and asks what she's doing there and that it was dangerous. He then notices her subtly using emotional alamancy on him as she cringes away from him. He's shocked by how good she is so quickly. So are you shocked that Vin is already so good at emotional alamancy? No, not at all. I figured she yeah. would be good. I, yeah. I, I figure that it's surprising he's shocked by that, considering like she's apparently been yeah. using it this whole like her whole life to try and stop people from beating her so badly. No, and I'm pretty sure that he's also said she's just like a fast learner. Before. Yeah, she's a very fast learner, but also, like, I feel like emotional alamancy has been, like, one of the few things that she did do before, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they met her. So that was, like, her luck, right, was soothing. So you'd, you'd think she would be the best at that one. Uh, so Kelsier then tells Vin she doesn't have to fear him as he won't hurt her. She says it's just habit, and Kelsier also explains that you shouldn't use emotional alamancy on friends no matter what Bree says. Noblemen will also get upset if you do it to them. Vin then asks if Kamen was tortured here out in the open, and Kelsier nods and internally notes that the Ministry likes to be visible with punishments. So that's lovely. Apparently there was just, like, all the people around here just listening to Kamen getting tortured. Uh, great. Great. Enjoy it. <laughs> uh, he then explains to... Hmm? I said it's a good power play. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then explains to Vin that it's a ritual killing for someone who misuses Allomancy, and that Kamen must have known what Vin was, at least knowing she was a misting, and that he used her intentionally. So that kind of yep. answers the question about whether Kamen ever knew uh, that she was an Allomancer or not. Apparently he That pissed me off even more. Uh, <laughs> I kind of figured he knew. Like, he treated her like that? No, there's no way he was like that stupid, bro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, he might not have known she was a Mistborn, right? He probably just thought she was just like a, a soother. So that she wouldn't be able to, like, harm him, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so Vin then asks if this changes the plan, which Kelsier says they'll continue, since it's unlikely the few obligators that saw her would associate with her with a noble woman. She asks about the Inquisitor, but Kelsier just tells her they should leave. Uh, do you think at some point this Inquisitor is going to find Vin? Yes. Yeah, most likely. Uh, I, mean, I, I, had the, I had the theory uh, that it was her father until later in this, these chapters. Yeah, no, I know. I think it's also mentioned previously that her father is specifically an obligator, not an inquisitor. Yeah, but it, it's, I mean, yeah. who knows? They could be changed. Um, and Darkness, you also said that you think the inquisitor is going to find her? I think it's going to be in a public setting, too. Ooh. Like a ball. <laughs> like a ball. <laughs> yeah. It's going to blow her cover real quick. Which is going to be hilarious. I think that guy, the, the the guy we met in chapter thirteen, he'll he'll definitely uh, oh yeah, chapter definitely 13. stick up for her. That's definitely uh, the chapter we're doing next. Uh, so we go to chapter. We just skip. We just skip twelve. We go right straight to thirteen. <laughs> Got it. So chapter twelve, uh, we have the epigraph, which is, "What would it be like if every nation, from the Isles in the south to the Terrace Hills in the north, were united under a single government?" What wonders could be achieved, what progress could be made, if mankind were to permanently set aside its squabblings and join together? It is too much, I suppose, to even hope for. A single, unified empire of man? It could never happen. What are your thoughts on this epigraph, considering uh, we know that at this point, technically, everything is controlled by a single empire? Oh, God. All right. So, even now that you say that, now it makes me even think of even more. But again, this is... uh. The writing here is supposed to be from a different person. This is not from 
Rashik because this person talks about Rashik as a separate person. Well, no, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think that it's it 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 puts my theory of it's somebody related to the Lord Ruler writing about the Lord Ruler into perspective. I think Rashik is the uh, right. That's the, the word. Uh, is the Lord Ruler? Uh, it's that's that's my that's the most evidence that I have right now on that I feel like it's the Lord Ruler. Um, and then that uh, somehow he betrayed this person and became what he is now. He went from whatever the fuck it is, uh, fuck Terrace, to being a Mistborn, and nobody knows who he actually was, except that people probably have knowledge over fucking things that they really shouldn't have knowledge of. Mm. Do you have any thoughts, Darkness, on this epigraph? I kind of just took it in the like the way that is like still the same person, you know, um, the Lord Ruler. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm gonna stick to that until like I have a better theory. Okay. You think it, Lord Ruler is writing it? Is that what you're saying? Trying I to? think it's in the Lord Ruler's perspective. Gotcha. So, so yeah, so it sounds like Mythic thinks that Rashik is the Lord Ruler, and you think it's the person that's talking about Rashik is the Lord Ruler. Uh, so we start this chapter with Vin staring at herself in the mirror while wearing a noblewoman's dress. She finds it difficult to walk in and feels exposed in it. However, she does note that it causes quite a transformation for her. She notes that with the jewelry she is wearing and the 3,000 boxings Kelsey had given her, she could live for decades if she ran away and wonders why she doesn't. Green's training had told her the men were fools, but she was enticed by the offer Kelsey and the others provided. In the end, it was the thought of a group of people who actually trust each other and she had to know if it lasted or if it was a lie like Reen whispered it was in her ear. Do you think the trust of the crew will last? No. What something's gonna happen. I feel like something's her, gonna make them doubt. Her trust of the group? No, she she's wondering if this, like, because like, she's never seen a thieving crew that actually trusts each other before, so she she's saying that she wants to see if, like, they actually will continue to trust each other, and that's why she wants to say... Like, whether this, like, sort oh, of no. dynamic can last. Uh, yeah, things are... I already said things are going to go wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's going to go horribly wrong. Horribly wrong? Yeah. Uh, so we then skip to Vin being in the carriage, and Kelsier drops by unexpectedly, although he had apparently told Sazed he would do this, and he claims mm-hmm. it's for surprising him in the alley last week. Vin asks how she looks, and Kelsier says it's a perfect disguise, which Vin notes that it doesn't feel like the answer she wanted to hear. What do you think Vin wanted to hear there? You look so good because I'm in love with you, Vin. I don't know. That kind of made me uncomfortable. Like, I, I low-key low did, like, my thought process did go there. Like, did she want him to say that she looked pretty? You, I love you. Do you realize there's, like, a 20-year age difference between them? And like, I love that's, you. That's why it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> first off, first off, I know plenty of people who have been in love and there'd be a 20 year age when one of them's 16 yes Uh, first off off, this book this book has been raping children this entire time yes (laughs) and you're going and you're going to draw the line at this 16 year old having a feeling about somebody older than her nah nah nah. now when when the book then explicitly says or shows the like sexual intercourse between children oh God. that's where i might draw the line oh but like when you're implying it in the first place and then you're like oh well this younger woman might actually have feelings for an older man nah i ain't drawing the line there 
Anyway. <laughs> we, we in a whole other culture right now, right? Uh, so, Vin then asks why they don't use informants instead of having her go in as a spy. And Kelsey says informants will be trying to learn their motives and also that they get their information from servants who won't be able to overhear the most important conversations. He says Vin may or may not be able to get into some of those conversations, but that they may hear important information either way that a street, import, uh, street informant may not think is important enough to note. Uh, so Kelsier then says to pay attention to who is paying attention to her, as that means they want weapons, because if they're paying attention to her, they're paying attention to Lord Renoir. And their whole backstory is he imports weapons. Renoir. Uh, Renoir. He, he notes that the last... It, it, it's it's Renox, so... It's not. Uh, he notes the last house war was devastating and needs to be replicated. Vin states that means a lot of noblemen will die, which Kelsier says he can live with, and Vin smiles. <laughs> I can live with that. Kelsier also mentions the Lord Ruler, but tries to soothe Vin's worries by saying he won't be at the party and that it's unlikely even an Inquisitor would be there. He also says... Oh, I can hear myself for a second there. Where was I? Um, he also says if Vin, even if Vin were to meet him, he can't read minds, although he then says he doesn't actually know that for sure, but if he can do that, he doesn't do it all the time, since he and others have pretended to be nobles and have met with the Lord Ruler before. So do you, do you think the Lord Ruler can read minds? No. But I definitely think he can see the future. Oh, okay. But you, were, you, were, you, were, were you, you don't think so about the future thing either? I'm not going to go down that path. Oh, okay. I thought that's what you were saying when you said I don't think so, but... I was like, oh, finally, darkness! You're you're going against one of my theories wholeheartedly. I mean, he's going against your theory that Rashek is the Lord Ruler. But he's not wholeheartedly on it. a lot of your theories in my mind, but I'm just like... Say them! Say them! Put them out there! Put it out there! No. I don't have much information for that. Put it in the ether. Uh, so Kelsier then changes the topic, saying they need to introduce Lady Valette Renoir, and that she won't need to do anything other than make an appearance and leave when Says tells her to. He adds that he'll be watching and listening nearby before going off into the mist. We then skip to the carriage arriving at Keep Venture. Finn stares at some outdoor lights, uh, and that they have mirrors directing the lighting towards the keep. Says, however, tells her that ladies don't gawk, and she ducks her head back into the carriage. Once the ladies carriage... don't gawk. <laughs> Uh, once the carriage stops... They do guck guck. <laughs> I was thinking that. I was thinking that. Yeah, <laughs> so I know you were. Once the carriage stops, a venture footman opens the door, and a second one holds it a hand. Then carefully takes the hand and uses her other hand to hold up the edge of her dress as she steps down, noting that she now realizes the custom wasn't what was silly, but the clothing is. Mm. Um, Says takes his place a few steps behind her, wearing a slightly fancier version of his normal robes, and he slowly coaches her as she walks up the steps and into the keep. She slowly moves forward, feeling more and more anxious. She can tell Sazed feels concerned as he tells her to remember her lessons. However, she then realizes that no one is actually seeing her. They're seeing her disguise. It's like she's hiding right in front of their eyes. Uh, so as you were reading her getting super anxious, were you concerned that Vin was going to ruin the whole plan? No, no, I thought she had it. Yeah, no. Alright, so Vin instantly relaxes and remembers the training Sazed had given her. She hands her shawl to an attendant and then goes into the main hall. Sorry, my throat. Uh, the Venture Main Hall is four or five stories high and several times as long as it is wide. There are enormous rectangular stained glass windows along the wall, and the lights from outside shine on them, causing multicolored lights in the room. Between the windows are massive ornate stone pillars, and below the pillars and windows, uh, 
they cut off like about one story uh, off the floor and there's tables that run along the ground under the overhang. There's also a balcony with a table for Lord Straff Venture. Uh, as noted by Sazed, Sazed also mentions that the lights outside are called limelights and can be heated to high temperatures without melting. So what are your thoughts on the description of Keep Venture? I, I'm i getting a better like perspective. Now that I know how like the city like, looks like and all that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know how Luthadon looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it gives me a better idea of the structure and, like, the general areas. The contrast in how the streets would look and, like, how, you know, I assume the palace looks and, or, is it the palace? Was the palace? It was right, yeah. It's the keep. So, Credit Shaw is technically what you, sure. I guess, would consider the palace. It's, like, the Lord Ruler's keep. This is House yeah. Ventures' keep. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying, like, the, the release key. And then, but, um, but who ventures into the keep, though? <laughs> <laughs> but then, um, comparing that, the streets, and the current, like, setting for the ball, mm-hmm. um, like, the contrast, like, helped me, like, picture it way better than if I didn't know how, like, the streets look. Yeah, because I think even outside the streets, like, there's not really, like, all the plants are, like, brown and everything. Like, there's not yeah, really much color in the world. So all of these, it. like, colored lights through the stained glass are probably, like, super like unique yeah that's what i was that's what i was picturing because they i i you would assume it it'd be like super clean it's a ball and everything right? yeah yeah you'd assume the balls are pretty clean you know <laughs> oh my god um <laughs> yeah uh what did you think of keep venture mythic Oh, I, I just keep thinking about venturing into the keep now, but uh, uh, I mean, it seemed like a decent place, I guess. I mean, I made sure to write down the, a, a big description of it, since uh, from mm-hmm. all the way back in Warbreaker, you guys would get mad when mm-hmm. I did describe rooms. Well, you missed a couple. You probably missed a couple of stuff anyway. I pretty much wrote this word for word from the fucking book. Okay. <laughs> I'm interested in the glass. The stained glass. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to more about the stained glass soon. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so to Finn's left is a string orchestra for couples to dance to, and to her right are serving tables, where serving men dash to and from to bring food to tables. Sazed approaches a serving man with Finn's invitation and asks for a small, solitary table. He explains to Finn that she just needs to be seen tonight, and the table will indicate her as single. He also advises her to eat slowly, as men may ask her to dance when, she de- when she's done, but that she can refuse them and it won't be taken as insulting since she is new to the court. So Vin sits at a, the single chair at the table that they're led to, and Sayes stands behind her. She notes that there is room behind the tables for people to pass by, and some people whisper and point towards her. Vin also notes many obligators around, and that they almost seem like chaperones. Uh, glancing away from the obligators, she notes the scenes depicted in the stained glass windows are religious. In many of the windows is the deepness, represented in violence, since black doesn't work well on stained glass, and generally formless with tentacles. Finn then wonders what the deepness is and why they depict it as formless. She wonders if it's a scam the Lord Ruler made up, or if it isn't, how he defeated it. So, what? any new thoughts about the darkness now that you've seen that fountain from earlier and these, like, stained glass windows? I, I think darkness is a really cool person and, you know, a great streamer. Deepness, not darkness. You said darkness. Did I say dark? I'm sure I said deepness. You said darkness. Fuck. <laughs> I meant I meant deepness. What do you think about the deepness? Well, it goes pretty deep, so I think it is something that came with the Lord Ruler, rather than something he defeated. Mm. You think the Lord Ruler created the dark 
Deepness. The Deepness, though, is mentioned in the epigraphs, which are yeah. supposedly written before the Ascension. Mm -hmm. Supposedly. That doesn't mean it didn't come with him. Or that he is the Deepness. Uh, yeah, that also works. I Sorry. don't understand what I'm supposed to do. The Terrace philosophers claim that I know my duty when the time comes, but it's just a small comfort. The Deepness must be destroyed, and apparently I'm the one who can do it. Uh, it ravages the world even now. If I don't stop it soon, there'll be nothing left of the land but bones and dust. So if uh, my theory, if my theory is correct, mm -hmm. and that uh, Rashak, or Rashak is the actual uh, Lord Ruler that we know today, mm -hmm. uh, and maybe he is like something, what's the, what's the way to say this? Uh, that the terrorist people are actually the deepness they don't know that, but like, you know, that that's like whatever their power is, uh, is some way tied into being this thing called the deepness. And then he thinks he needs to defeat it. Reshek, the Lord Ruler, kills him, meaning the deepness actually wins. And then mm. victory is, or not victory, uh, history is written by the victors. So, he just claims, hey, I'm not actually, you know, he, nobody knows what happened. So he says, you know, oh, hey, I defeated the deepness. But really, he defeated the person who was supposed to defeat the deepness. Interesting. What if? But this is all going on the theory that Rashak is actually the Lord Ruler. <laughs> but. What if the deepness is just a really old, really big mystery? That would be pretty cool, too. Interesting. Yes. Um... Also, are you surprised that Vin doesn't know what the deepness is? Like, it's not obviously like a common thing to know no. what this deepness is. And to reference it to uh, One Piece, it's like the fourth century. Everybody knows it exists, but nobody knows what it actually is. I mean, I was surprised because he's like supposed to be God that did this great thing, but they don't know what the great thing is. Yeah, it's always described as formless, and apparently it has tentacles. Hey, hey, darkness. Do we, do Christians know what God actually did create the world that we know today, or do we just have a vague idea? Exactly why I'm not religious. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. But the, 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 what I'm I'm not saying like trying to convert you to religion, <laughs> but like I'm saying it as in like in religion, it's not in general. That, it's not that it's not that hard for a God to have said to have done something that people just don't question. They yeah, just believe it as it is, which is wrong. And I feel like should have context. Like, I feel like you should have some factual basis around this, but there is no real factual basis in faith. That's, or it wouldn't be called faith. Um, so Vin then glances around the room some more and settles upon watching the couples. She notes that the women move gracefully in their dresses and that their gowns make even her frilly dress look plain. She also notes that the noblemen look distinguished and wonders if the ears are truly the men who beat her people as they seem too well-mannered for such horrible acts. Her food then arrives, and Vin notes that Sazed has made sure to teach her proper dining etiquette. She eats slowly and delicately, but is unable to keep from finishing uh, after too long, mostly because uh, ladies' portions are quite small. Uh, Which so... is a sexist version there, but yeah, sure. Yep. But also, if you're squeezing into these tight fucking gowns, you've got no fucking room for any food in your belly anyways. <laughs> also sexist. It's also sexist, but yeah, it's a for it's how the fashion worked. Like, because a lot of I don't know if the dresses in this world also guys, like corset guys. style, but like heels, heels and bras are sexist as fuck. Hey, <laughs> I mean, weren't heels originally made for men? 
I don't remember. But I don't it wasn't. So. It wasn't like high heels, but it's um. Never created heels. <laughs> he- heeled boots were technically, I believe, made for men originally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we still have heeled boots for men. So but... they weren't like stiletto heels, but like high heels yeah, technically were for men originally. <laughs> and then it became fashionable for women to wear heels. And men. <laughs> now. Yeah, it's it's gone back around. <laughs> now anyone can wear them. Um. But anyways, so where was oh. I? Interesting. Did not know that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so only a few minutes later, a nobleman lame- named Lord Rian Strobe asks her to dance, which Vin turns down. Says notes she did well, but she'll have to dance with him at the next ball she attends. He also notes that there is a ball near nearly every night, uh, but they'll only have her attend one or two each week. Or I think it's actually, sorry, not one or two. I think it was two or three each week. Uh, so what do you think about the fact that there are balls like pretty much every fucking night? They're a bunch of nobles. Of course, they're going to have fucking balls larger than most people. Did you see Darkness? Um, yeah, aha, uh-huh, Darkness. <laughs> that's a, um, in my head, I was like, that's excessive. That's like, I would get so tired of that shit so fast. I, I mean, mean <laughs> we meet a character now. who's apparently tired of it. <laughs> yeah, the one that we meet in 13. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was going to try and get a picture ready. New shit every day. This is crazy. Um... But anyways, uh, so Says then says he needs to go have his dinner in the steward's area since she is done with her meal, and that she'll be fine on her own. He tells her she's made no major mistakes so far, and the minor ones will be discussed later. He then says to sip at her wine but not drink too much, and to decline any men like she did the first one until he returns. So after- we'll discuss your <laughs> ill, ill issues. Uh... So after Says leaves, a few other men ask her to dance, but eventually it seems word gets around that she isn't dancing tonight. She remembers the name so she can tell Kelsier later, and then she eventually gets bored and tries to figure out what the obligators are talking to people about. She burns copper and then tin and listens as one man swears that he'll tell another about his engagement before anyone else, and the obligator notes it and takes some coins. So, what do you think about this nobleman's interaction with the obligator? Bribery. I was thinking along those lines, actually. I'll bribe you, not to... Not to talk about it. I promise I'll say it later. It's like when a guy cheats on a woman and then her best friend finds out. She's like, you have to tell her. And he goes, I'll tell her later. Okay. Sure you will. Because, you know, cheating is such a good thing for somebody to want to tell somebody else about. So Vin then notices that one of the obligators in the room is her father. Reen had taken her once to see a peek of her father at least once. Although she hadn't been sure why he wanted her to see him. She had memorized his face anyways. So... Do you think Vin's father knows of her? And also, considering Reen didn't yeah. see their father, do you think they are just half-siblings? We've been... I'm pretty sure we've been over that. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit, but, like, it's kind of a little more, kind of, like, specified here. Well, then, yeah, they're half-siblings, and I think he does know, and she doesn't know that he knows. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah, I agree. Right. I, think he, I, def- I definitely think he knows. Or, yeah, that he knows who she is, for sure. Oh, okay. I didn't know if I, my mic went out again. No. no, you know that happens to me too. Like where we answer, or I well, I answer, and then it's just silence. And it's well, silence. I I don't want to like interrupt because sometimes, uh, especially darkness with you, you sometimes like pause to like collect your I thoughts and then keep going. Yeah. So I like try and give a bit of a a, a break so that I don't yeah. like I, interrupt I just, you. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that my mic didn't go out again because it does that a lot. Yeah, no, I I just like to give a little bit of a pause so that I'm not like in case either one of you wants to cut in or like if you're pausing to like collect your thoughts or something. I try and nah, I try and wait a second. <laughs> You're just trying to mess with us. No, I'm not! Yeah, I agree. 100%. Just trying no. to mess with us. 
gosh. Damn, why am I even here? Oh my gosh. I know, right? We should both just quit. Oh my gosh. Anyways, Vin then notices a long balcony along one wall and asks a serving boy how to get up there. So she goes up the spiral stone staircase, having to use a spark of pewter because of her heavy dress, and eventually makes it up. She notes it's dimly lit with blue glass lanterns and has a great view of the stained glass windows. She can also now see that the floor below has a pattern that makes it look like swirling mist. Uh, so a voice then suddenly sounds behind her, and Vin sees a young man with a glass of wine and a book in his suit pocket. He states that it seems his favorite spot has been stolen by a pretty young girl, and that it's the only spot close enough to the lantern for good reading light. Vin New favorite character. <laughs> I don't like him. Really? I feel like I, you do like him, Darkness. I, I thought this man was smooth as fuck. <laughs> Just so smooth. Vin apologizes and says that there is room for two if she's uh, and he says there is room for two if she scoots over. He then takes out his book and begins to read, and Vin finds herself annoyed. She asks if he always reads at balls, and he notes that she's up here too and refused to dance. She says that Only she just... when it gets deep. <laughs> She states that she doesn't want a good view and that she isn't good at dancing. He also notes she's less timid than she looks. He then introduces himself as Lord Elland, not giving a second name, so Vin isn't sure if it's his given name or family name. Uh, so why do you think Vin wants to speak with Ellen so much? Because she keeps, like, asking him questions and not letting him read. <laughs> he's smooth he's, as fuck. He's the only one that's, like, you know, not necessarily trying. Yeah, but he is trying. That's the best part. This man is smooth. Jesus. When when he came in and he was just like, I'm not going to ask you to dance. And then she's like sitting there huffing about it. And he's like, all right, I'll be the gentleman and go, yeah, I'll ask you to dance. Knowing full well you're going to say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved him. He was so awesome. So she then prods him with more questions and he states he so might not be. A... He's a short fucking 20 year old. <laughs> So he states he might not be a great dancer either, but also that he's over-partied, because apparently he's attended like five or six hundred of these balls, and he's like, yeah, I'm just, I'd rather just read. Yeah, they happen so often. (laughs) And so he says that she, uh, he then says she isn't going to let him read, and she agrees with that, so he puts away his book. He then asks if she wants to dance, which causes (laughs) causes her to think that he's either socially incompetent or incredibly smooth. He's incredibly smooth. (laughs) He's... I, I feel like at this point, it's just like, he could be both. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, this man is smooth as fuck. So, Finn then asks what he was reading, which he says is Trials of Monument by Delisteni. Uh, but Finn hasn't heard of it, so we get, we get no other information about that. Um, she then notes that the party is overwhelming, and Ellen says that House Venture knows how to throw a party. Uh, he also notes oh. that he... Hmm? Uh-huh. Uh, he also knows that he finds them to be ostentatious and that they run their servants ragged, setting up the best party, but will beat them if it isn't perfectly clean in the morning. Finn is surprised to hear this from a nobleman. Uh, so yeah, what in general were your thoughts on Ellen? I thought he was cool. You thought he was what? I mean, not, uh, I thought he was, like, awful, honestly. Oh my gosh. Is that what you said, uh, really? It's just, just yeah. say what you mean. <laughs> I Diane's saying what I mean. Mm-hmm. So Darkness wishes he could marry Ellen. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so Ellen then changes the subject, stating her terrorist is looking for her. So Vin hurry, uh, hurries off and Ellen goes back to reading. Vin apologizes to Sazed once she gets downstairs, and Sazed says they can withdraw for the night, although he asks where she was. Vin notes that she was upstairs to get she went upstairs to get a good view of the room and ended up talking to a man she doesn't think is very important. 
Sazen realizes Finn was talking to Lord Ellen Venture, who is the heir of uh, heir to the house title. Finn notes that he was annoying in a pleasant sort of way. Sazen says they shouldn't be discussing this here, and she's well below his station. As they leave, she glances back using Tin and swears he's just glancing in her direction. So, do you think Vin having interacted with Ellen is going to cause problems? Probably, but also, honestly, where it goes. What do you think, Mythic? I agree. I think it's going to create problems, but... Sage seems my... very concerned. Yeah. So I, I have a feeling it definitely is going to create problems. Maybe it's going to create problems for the right people. Um, and so what do you think Kelsier means when he says he's going to visit the Lord Ruler soon? So back in Chapter 11, he said he was going to visit the Lord Ruler soon. Kelsier's going to die. That'd be cool. I want that. <laughs> and his brother will die right beside him. Not Marsh. Mm-hmm. Marsh I'm going to tell you now, if any of my favorite characters die in these books, I did cry. <laughs> mm-hmm. so Honestly, one of them does. One of them does. If one of them did, honestly, I'm pretty sure I've cried at some cry. point. I did cry. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I've cried at every single one of Brandon's books at some point. God, there's no way. I definitely have. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I cried. I'm pretty sure I cried. I cried really hard during Light Song's death during Warbreaker. I cried during. Well, yeah, because Light Song is a beast. <laughs> pretty sure I cried yeah. during Harathan's death in Elantris. What? Yeah. I got I got really attached to him at the end of Elantris. Oh um, my god, are you serious? And also with that the whole person? like uh Rowden becoming a Hoed at that one point I cried. And then yeah, I, I definitely cried during Mistborn and Stormlight. It's a lot of, I, I cry easily due, due to books, I'll be honest. Cry <laughs> I get, easily in general. I get really I get really into books and I just cry really easily. <laughs> um but yeah, so my last question here for this episode is do you have any new thoughts or theories that we haven't already discussed? That you want to bring up? Check for Reshek for uh, Lord Ruler. Reshek for Lord Ruler. I'm gonna place. I'm gonna put that as a, like on a poster. Reshek for Lord Ruler. <laughs> vote, vote for me. Oh no, this is more like setting, like setting up the stuff, and less like information gathering and stuff. So mm. yeah, I don't think I got much. Okay, yeah, it's fine. Probably not. Okay. I'll probably okay. do it. <laughs> Don't make fun of me. Rude. Okay. Praise the jaw. Praise the jaw. Fuck. Um, so yeah. They're so going to come in. They're going to come into, into play much more strongly here soon. <laughs> so uh, for next episode, we're going to be reading, I believe the most chapters we're going to be reading in any episode for Mistborn, uh, the really? final empire, which is five chapters, chapters 13 through 17. No, I mean, Darkness already said they quit, so... No, they're not quitting. So yeah, and also, we're going to be getting into part three during these chapters. Chapter 16 is the start of part three. How many parts are there in this book? Uh, I think there's four or five. Part four... Okay. Yeah, five parts. So we're going to be starting part three. So hopefully you will enjoy that. We'll get lots more epigraphs, because there's five chapters, so even with it being shorter chapters, it means yeah, more epigraphs. So I, six, so I get six epigraphs, got it. <laughs> well, I mean, well, because technically you get one less each, uh, because you're starting with the the next episode's first epigraph, so it's technically not more than normal. What are you talking about? I get, I get six. Oh, well, yeah, you're right, I get the same amount. Cause you've te- yeah, because you've technically already yeah, heard the first seven. one, so you still only get five yeah, new I, ones. <laughs> yeah, I get five new ones every time.
I just have one extra above y'all. Can I read that epigraph? It was so good. Should we should we read the <laughs> No, Doctor's can read it. it. Not just do it. Do okay. okay, fine. I'll do you want to read a mythic or do you want me to read it? I do, I do. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. I know that I shouldn't let a simple Pac-Man perturb me. However, he is from Terrace, where the prophecies originated. If anyone could spot a fraud, would it not be he? Nevertheless, I could trek going where scribble or scribed auguries proclaim that I meet my destiny, walking, feeling Reshek's eyes on my back, jealous, mocking, hating Reshek for president. <laughs> Reshek for president. Reshek has become my new favorite character. <laughs> oh, I think there's some good epigraphs coming in this next one. I think chapter 14s is pretty good as well. I gotta make sure I read them all down. From all Ooh, to, together like a puzzle piece. Got a good one. Oh, there's some good fucking epigraphs coming up here. Yeah. Oh. What? No, you might be right, Mithy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you I might be right one. Really wrong. <laughs> I could be. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I could. I could be very wrong. Uh, what, but... what this just made me think is like, what if like that is the Lord Ruler, right? Not Rashek. Oh, the person. Okay. The person that is like thinking this is the Lord Ruler, right? Mm-hmm. And the Reshek is like, you know what? I'm going to take your accomplishment and I'm going to be the Lord Ruler. I'm going to slaughter you right here right now or have you captured. And the one that we know as Lord Ruler or the one that they know as Lord Ruler now is actually Reshek. Yeah. I mean, but it's not actually the Lord Ruler. The guy writing this was supposed to be the Sliver of Infinity, you think? And then Reshek like, took I, his place. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think they are. And I think Reshek is just the front. Mm. And the reason why he's killing off all those other people is because they probably know because <laughs> they win. Yes. Uh... I mean, if they know what the prophecy said, they probably know that the pro. Because obviously, the guy writing this is not a terrorist and so they would know that if Russia is obviously a terrorist they would know a terrorist wasn't supposed to be the one that the prophecy was yeah. about. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's why he's trying to kill them all off. Well, yeah, you'll have to think more. As I said, there's there's some good epigraphs. It looks like coming up. Uh, in these no. next few chapters, so look forward to that. Enjoy reading, and we'll be back again next week. Uh, enjoy, and again, apologies for the music in the last three episodes. It will be a no more, and I will be she'll, much she'll, more careful. She'll apologize every episode, guys. I'm going to be apologizing every episode. Really I feel horrible. I am. Like, she, she's so <laughs> down about these three episodes, so get in the comments. It honestly, it honestly, I tried for like hours to fucking fix those fucking episodes. Get in the comments. Get with you. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.